Hey, I haven't been around for a little bit, taking care of a lot of business, releasing a lot of shorts lately, but I've been neglecting the audio podcast side of the podcast experience. And so I am bringing out some uh, of the very early podcasts that actually never made it over to the audio side. So enjoy this uh, rebroadcast from a podcast about South by Southwest from 2019. So my trip to South by Southwest this year started with a quick stop at Driscoll Hotel for a little bit of breakfast food. Then off to get my room, which overlooked Brazos and Six, which is in the heart of everything in Austin. I started off doing a quick interview with the folks at 12 for 12. Chris, it's good to see you, pal. It's great to see them. These guys do great work. I'll put a link. Then I was off to check out some activations. So South by Southwest, companies take over businesses, empty buildings, parks, empty lots, and they create branded experiences within these. They call these activations. So I went and checked out some of the activations at South by Southwest. My first stop was Accenture. One of the big things at South by Southwest this year was XR, which includes augmented reality, virtual reality, mixed reality, all that gets lumped under the moniker of XR. And Accenture was showcasing some of this at their activation. A company with some really interesting technology was HaptX. They had a haptics glove, which was air powered and gave you uh, the feeling and the sensation of actually touching things within the virtual environment. I was able to grab clouds in the VR simulation and squeeze them and feel the simulated lightning strikes on my hand and the rain coming down. It was very cool. And then if you pop downstairs, they were showing off a whole haptics bodysuit, which was pretty cool. Then I got to try out one of their VR pods. You sit in these things and they tilt back and they tilt forward and they turn and it gives you the simulation of gravity and moving and movement in space. Uh, but the other thing that was really cool about it is they had a scent generator. So like when you were flying through a field of flowers, you got the smell of the flowers as well. It was a totally immersive and cool experience. My next stop was LG. LG was showcasing some really cool robots. They had robots greeting you. They have some real feel-good robots that make you happy just hanging out with them. I'm so happy. They had butler robots that help you out with household tasks. They had this robot, which could read your kids' bedtime so stories and show the story the on its body. It had handheld lighting sticks that can be used to create light shows within a crowd. So you can hang out with the rave robots and wave your stick around. LG was also showcasing that OLED roll-up screen that everybody got so excited about at CES. And I will say the picture was amazing. There were absolutely no artifacts on the screen from rolling that screen up. They also had an automated beer brewing system. So just like the Keurig coffee systems that use the K-cups, you had yeast, hop oil, malts and barley, and different flavorings that you could all add in with these little containers, and it would automatically brew beer for you. How fun is that? Another one that was really cool is they had a similar machine, but for ice cream. You have little flavor cups, and you can just create any flavor of ice cream you want. My next stop was to pop over to Viceland. Viceland had a cool activation in an empty lot, and it had cotton candy, roller skating, live music, free drinks. Then there was Cremo. Cremo, I'm not sure. They were handing out their grooming products and giving out free haircuts and shaves to people out of their Airstream. 
South by Southwest has the interactive festival, the movie festival, the music festival. They also have a gaming festival. And this year they had a big wellness convention where they were showcasing all kinds of wellness products, including lots of CBD-based products. Cannabis Now had an activation there where they were showcasing a lot of these hemp-based products. They had a wall of terpenes for you to smell. They had a lot of giveaways and it was a very enthusiastic crowd. They said they were smoking hemp, but I'm not entirely sure. Torchies is known for their tacos in Austin. They were building a mini home as a pop-up in a parking lot. It's amazing the things that get built for the 10 days that South by Southwest is running. A quick walk down to Austin's famous Rainy Street had lots of additional activations. There was the Twitter activation. There was the Snapchat activation. Canada even had an activation. Shazam was there to charge your phone. And there were long lines. Sony had another activation this year in the same location they did last year. The most interesting thing I thought of their activation this year was the Ibos. These are robot dogs that exhibit some of the same behaviors as real dogs. They get to know you and they learn you. And all that information gets uploaded to the cloud. So if something happens to your Ibo, you can just download it into a new Ibo. While I was there, a police dog showed up and it was not happy with these robot dogs. I guess dogs just don't like robots, but I think we learned that in the Terminator movies, right? Dell had skinned an entire building and I would love to tell you what they were doing inside there, but for the second year in a row, try as I might, I could not get in. SAP had an interactive projection mapped basketball experience, which was drawing quite a crowd. A lot of the movies and TV shows had activations as well. Pet Cemetery had folks walking around in a funeral parade. The Game of Thrones had a Bleed for the Throne activation. Good Omens was everywhere with people playing demons and angels and people walking around with the end is nigh signs. At their activation, they had real puppies to help ease you through the end of the world. So there's a ton walking at South by Southwest. My feet were killing me and I was exhausted by the end of the day. Fortunately, this year there were scooters around to help you get to places in a timely fashion. While they literally littered the street, they were awesome to have around. So at the end of the day, I went out for dinner. There was some music streaming out of every storefront you walked past. I went to dinner at a restaurant that was featuring some live music. True to the mantra of keep Austin weird, someone rode in on a mule. That's just Austin. I have said that South by Southwest is one of the most important technology shows of the year. And the reason for this is because it puts technology in context and it opens up the discussion about the implications of the technologies that we're implementing. As organizations are increasingly becoming IT-centric, the role of technology within an organization is shifting. And there's a power shift that's happening that's changing the dynamic between infrastructure teams and the line of business. Lines of business are dictating technology now. And technologists need to understand that. And in order to understand that, they need to understand the context in which the technology they're deploying is operating. And because of this shift, a lot of the technology is ending up closer to the consumer. So technology folks need to have a better understanding of the end user as well. And South by Southwest brings all of that together in one place. And the other thing that's really cool about South by Southwest is it, it makes evident these intersectional opportunities where aspects of different technology can come together to make something greater than the sum of its parts. Now, as I've mentioned before, I did a tremendous amount of walking each day at South by Southwest. 16,500 some odd steps and six and a half miles was kind of average for what I was doing. Were it not for those scooters, 
I would not have been able to get from session to session as fast as I could. So I was able to attend more sessions this year than previously. Before I get into the sessions, I wanna talk about one more company that was outside in a lot. Uh, and this was Hypersciences. For those of you in the data center infrastructure space, this company had some interesting technology. When you're building facilities, there's a lot of horizontal boring for electrical lines and fiber conduits. This company uh, is making that cheaper and faster. So they launch these projectiles into the ground and basically blast a tunnel through the ground. A lot of it's for the gas and oil business, but these technologies can be used for horizontal boring. They come in different sizes, all the way from about three inch bore to about a foot diameter. Depending on the size of the bore you need, you can use different projectiles. Hypersciences launches these projectiles at about Mach 4, so they must be really loud when they go off. They seem to be able to penetrate a lot of earth and make holes really fast. Another area where this could be really interesting for data center facilities is if you're doing geothermal cooling, you could use these to uh, drill your boreholes for your geothermal cooling. If you're in the business of building facilities, this might be something you wanna take a look at. There were a ton of sessions, I believe over 2000 different sessions with nearly half a million people descending on the city. A lot of these had huge lines. There's a lot of political discussions around technology this year. You had a lot of politicians show up. Beta O'Rourke, Stacey Abrams, John Boehner was there pitching weed. There's Pete Buttigieg, 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 the mayor from Indiana, Howard Schultz was there. Elizabeth Warren was there at Austin City Limits and she was there right after announcing her plans to break up large tech. So that was an anticipated session. But by far the most popular session at South by Southwest this year was Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. She was in the biggest room and her line was the longest of any of them. It wrapped all the way around the convention center, up the stairs, around the convention center again, out the door, across a bridge to the Hilton. It wrapped around around the Hilton again, up and down stairs, and filled up three or four different overflow rooms. It was a really packed showing. She spent a lot of time talking about the social issues of our technology, and even Bill Nye, the science guy, was there to ask her a question. Then there were the more wacky political statements, like this guy who was there trying to get the workers of some of these large technology companies to confess their sins in this portable confession booth that he had been dragging around. The sessions were packed, and some of the sessions were hard to get into, especially some of the keynote sessions. So there was a session by Amy Webb, founder of the Future Today Institute. She had a discussion about a lot of future-related topics, but one of the things that she said that was really interesting to me was that she didn't place AI as part of a trend because it's so pervasive and appears in every aspect of the future report that it didn't necessarily need to be called out as an individual thing, but it is just a generalized meta trend that is showing up in every aspect of her future predictions. So the folks from Karmarama and The Drum were there to participate in an AI moderated debate. Now this is a really interesting idea because the AI was using natural language processing to look at the semantic nature of the conversation and determine the tone and the mood of the speakers and run a real-time fact check against the content of the conversation. Now I will say it didn't really work. The AI was not getting it right but it was interesting to see the metrics and the statistics being displayed as this debate was happening. It shows a lot of potential for injecting really useful information into debates. There was a lot of discussion around AI in general. One of the big topics was the implications of bias in AI and how to manage that. But another aspect of it was the societal impact of AI. When AI comes in and displaces a lot of workers from their jobs, What's the impact of that on society and how do we address that? And the general consensus was that we're going to need 
some redistributive economic policies to make up for the displacement of workers from AI. It's a good thing that you know, more value is being created as long as we can figure out how to uh, distribute that, that greater wealth in a, in a way that, that sustains society and doesn't lead to revolution. There's also a lot of debate about how soon we're gonna see some of these technologies. For example, there's a lot of discussion about the fact that AIs are really good at solving complex problems, like complex math problems or playing chess, but interacting with the physical world is where AI struggles the most. The things that are the simplest for humans are often the most challenging for machines. Another great thing at South by Southwest are the pitch sessions, where startups get an opportunity to give a quick pitch about their company. And the topics ranged from artificial intelligence, augmented and virtual reality, blockchain, enterprise and smart data, entertainment and content, health and wearables, hyper-connected communities, social and cultural, sports and performance, and transportation. So I sat in on the enterprise and smart data pitch session. There's a couple interesting companies that I wanted to point out. Geospisa Swift is a company that integrates disaster data with open source geospatial mapping data to help enable relief efforts. This technology is obviously important to first responders, but I can see this also being very relevant to companies like insurance companies who uh, need to explore claims data or who need to react faster to natural disasters. Molecula was an interesting company that's trying to solve for some of the challenges around data science by providing that as a service. Osano has an interesting concept. It's very hard to understand the privacy statements of a lot of these websites and companies. They go through and evaluate all of the privacy policies of these companies and they distill that into a very understandable format so that you understand the rights that you're giving up. But by far, the coolest thing I saw was TransferFi. Now what TransferFi does is they deliver power over the air at about a 25 meter distance. One of the challenges in a data center is you have a lot of sensors in a data center that deliver critical operational information. Empowering these devices can always be a challenge because some of these data centers run on 220 or they've got DC power and power to a lot of these sensors is kind of an afterthought. With low powered chips, this technology has the potential to enable power to those devices without having to run a lot of cabling. One of the greatest limiting factors we have in technology today is caused by battery technology. Delivering power over the air has the potential to help offset some of those challenges. In fact, some of Apple's patents came to light around this where they had a monitor that provides over the air power to devices on your desktop in front of that monitor. So this technology delivers radio frequencies that are used to create induction currents to supply power. They have some interesting proprietary algorithms and techniques for making this effective over distances without causing trouble to a lot of other devices that may be impacted by high levels of RF. There were other sessions that were focused more on health and well-being that I found very relevant, like this session on what the F is wrong with my teenager, because I have a 13-year-old daughter and I'm trying to figure that out myself. To give you the TLDR on this, there are three main things that came out of a lot of their research. Number one was disagree without being disagreeable. Teenagers are very respect-driven, so affording them that respect enables your conversation. Number two, don't be a wet blanket. When a teenager has something they're excited about, accept it without judgment. For example, if your daughter shows up and she says, I've got a new boyfriend, your first response shouldn't be, well, I hope he doesn't get you pregnant. 
pregnant. And number three was don't escalate. I can't tell you how many times a simple discussion in our house escalates into a massive argument. Another central theme at South by Southwest was the shifting nature of marketing. Traditional modes of marketing are no longer effective. One of the most effective channels of marketing is around influencers. And this isn't just the Kim Kardashians of the world. A lot of the focus was around micro-influencers. They have a very specific market that they address. And this is a way for companies and brands to effectively target their message to a very specific audience. So another area that was really big at South by Southwest was around XR. Now XR consists of several different things. Real reality, augmented reality, mixed reality, and virtual reality. And all this gets wrapped under the label XR. There was an interesting activation at one of the hotels that featured a lot of VR content. They were demonstrating a lot of original content, virtual reality movies, and virtual experiences. It was a couple days wait just to get in on some of these. And then there was the world's saddest disco, a VR-based disco. Maybe what was happening inside their VR headsets was really exciting, but this looked very sad to me. So that's it for this one. In part three, I'm gonna be showcasing some of the companies that were out on the trade show floor and that were in the startup exposition. But until then, I'm gonna leave you with this little musical interlude from Snaps for Sinners. <laughs> Michael Fiao to my left and further to my left, Corbin Seedley.